Hey, Hawkeye fans, Chad Leistico of the Des Moines Register. Happy holiday weekend. We're going to talk baseball today, right, Dargan? No, no. There was bigger news uh, than Rick Keller's team going into uh, the Saturday portion of the Big Ten tournament, which uh, obviously is going very well. That's where Dargan Southern is. Uh, but Dargan uh, this morning uh, broke uh, it broke that uh, Gary Barta, uh, 17-year athletic director at the University of Iowa, retiring. I'm sure everyone watching this YouTube already knows that. Uh, his effective end date will be August 1st. Obviously, uh, this is a major piece of news for the entire athletics program uh, in all the major sports, football, basketball, wrestling, women's basketball, everything else. Uh, you know, the future uh, of those programs is now going to be in the hands of someone else. Uh, it's kind of interesting, Dargan, that, uh, you know, the as I was writing some of the stories overnight, you know, and, and finishing uh, the majority of them around two thirty in the morning um, got, you know, come to the realization, which we should know Barta never hired a football coach, a women's basketball coach or a wrestling coach in 17 years. So I guess that speaks, there's a lot of flaws in his, in his resume, of course, and we'll get to some of those, but Dargan, um, you know, 17 years, uh, he, it, it was, it was a, really a legacy sort of, of stability lawsuits, of course, but also just, you know, these coaches and including himself have just been in the same place for so long. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think um, there was a lot of good in the, in the Gary Barter era. Um, you know, as you mentioned on the field is kind of seems to be how most athletic directors get defined and based on the coaches that they hire. And for the most part, those, those were good situations. And, as you said, there was a lot of success on the field, but um, just kind of gauging the temperature of the Iowa fan base, there seems to be a lot of uh, celebrations, a lot of happiness, a lot of uh, it's about time. And so, you know, I, I think the the word that you put in your headline on your column was, was perfect and complicated as far as how his time at, at Iowa is going to be remembered because, um, you know, there was a lot of turbulence, you know, in the last probably seven, eight years, I feel like. Um, so, you know, I think, I think all the, uh, I guess, I don't know, I don't want to give credit for the excitement necessarily, but I, I, the frustration, I guess, I, you know, a lot of it is justified in, in how things are, are, have been operated under, you know, Barta's tenure. And, you know, I think as you touched on it, it's a really intriguing time now all of a sudden at Iowa because, you know, this was a program that for so long was known for stability. And then, you know, sometimes that stability blended into complacency. And now, you know, everything is, is kind of going to get a refresh um, or has a chance to get a refresh um, and, and really kind of see what Iowa looks like, you know, with, with maybe a more uh, modernized uh, angle on it. So uh, I think it's a really exciting time uh you know, to see what direction this goes after kind of being the same for, for a lot of years on, on, you know, the bigger fronts. Yeah. Well said. Um, yeah. I mean, I just like my, as you talk, like my mind ranges from all the good and all the bad, you know, the bad for Gary Barta. And that's really, you know, that's really what it, his whole legacy was. I mean, you think, let's start a little bit with some of the positives. Um, you know, you cannot deny the fact that he, 
brought in 650 million of private fundraising for the athletics department in his time. He was known as a, a tireless and very successful fundraiser. Uh, he got a lot of projects done um, outside of the TV money and whatnot. I mean, raising $55 million for the Iowa football performance uh, center, raising $90 million to redo the North end zone. Uh, I can't remember if you included this in your timeline, but Hey, he even painted the tiger hawk on the water tower. So give the guy a little bit of credit here. You know, he, he did some popular things uh, and whether I know there's, you know, Ferentz fatigue and it's, and it's built up over time. And sure. You could argue that, that Kirk Ferentz at times might've been overpaid for a seven and eight win seasons. But I would say over the long term, the, the Kirk Ferentz value of that contract and retaining him has outweighed, you know, again, it's money that mostly is coming from, you know, TV revenue. You know, he's got he's the Moon family head football coach now, you know, that he, he got a family that owns the truck stop to, uh, you know, uh, basically endow the, the football coach position because, uh, you know, he's a good fundraiser. So, uh, you know, there is. There's a lot to be said for the stability he's created. And I think we, you and I both wrote about it. A great example is the women's basketball program. I mean, uh, not that you, he was going to go away from Lisa Bluter as an example, but like he stuck with it and he stuck with Kirk Ferentz through downtimes. And then, you know, then the Rose Bowl, then, um, you know, even stuck with him through the racial bias stuff in 2020. You know, some uh, arguably easily could have gotten rid of him uh, during that time, but stuck with him. And I would say the program is in the football program as a whole in, ter in terms of inclusiveness, in terms of success on the field, uh, recruiting, you know, is in a pretty good place other than, you know, we can talk about the offense later. And of course, Barta's fingerprints are in that too, <laughs> you know, uh, with the Brian Ferentz contract. So it's just, it's just like, so all over the map, even just in the Ferentz family, he's like, you know, <laughs> you know, kind of bungled the Brian stuff a little bit, but also like been pretty good on the Kirk stuff. And then as I pointed out in my column, you know, I felt like uh, he gave, he, he did not, he did not act strongly enough in a couple cases involving uh, what was clearly going on in Chris Doyle's weight room between the Rabdo um, incident in 2011. Now, you know, should Doyle have been fired then? Uh, you know, that's that's neither here nor there, but there wasn't much of a strong response. And Kirk Ferentz names Chris Doyle assistant coach of the year three months later, you know, and that's just kind of let go. You know, that's that, that's sort of like, uh, you know, Doyle just, to, you know, growing his power. And then 2018 diversity report comes along with really uh, damning um, documentation from black student athletes. Uh, including in football, James Daniels goes to Gary Barda, you know, complaining about this stuff. And really nothing is done other than uh, Kirk Ferentz allowing earrings and hoodies, you know, in the in the facility. And, you know, it's like, OK, well, we took care of that. So, you know, there's and then that leads to the 2020 June stuff where which leads to a lawsuit, which leads to state legislators saying, Bar <laughs> you know, Gary Barda needs to go because we're tired of getting sued. And that's a valid argument. Uh, so I don't know. I just kind of rambled a lot there, but there's, it's just like with Gary Barter, there's so much college football playoff chair, you know, retiring Luca Garza's jerseys, Megan Gustafson jerseys. I mean, there's, you know, the controversy around Roy Marble's, uh, Jersey retirement, the controversy around Dolphin Fran. I mean, 
he's handled so much in his time here. And uh, I know you haven't covered it all directly, though you've been here the last several years and, and witnessed all this. So I don't know. Where, what do you make of kind of everything I just said there and just everything you put together in your timeline? Yeah, I will say just to, to tie everything, uh, make everything relevant here, you're talking about coaching hires. Probably his best coaching hire is the one that is going to play on the field uh, in front of me in, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. sharp. You know, another program that, you know, had nothing going until Rick Keller got here. And, um, you know, I know I saw some people saying that uh, earlier in the week when, when Iowa, you know, kind of solidified its regional berth that they were uh, had to begrudgingly give credit to Barta for that hire because – um, that was certainly one of his better ones, but yeah, I mean, I, I will say it's a, it's a tad weird not being able to judge the AD tenure on the entirely on the success of his football coach hire because, and, and maybe that's just my Tennessee roots that ran through football coaches left and right. You know, it always kind of seemed like when you analyze the AD, you started with, okay, well, how did his football coach do? And, you know, Again, there, there was definitely some times where they could have pulled the trigger on, on, on moving on from Ference. Um, and and to, to the most part, I agree that, that those decisions paid off, that, um, you know, sticking with Kirk and, and sticking with this program through a lot of turbulence, um, you, know, large, you know, largely kept Iowa in, in the same place. And, you know, I think that's, that's certainly part of the intrigue here is, you know, for all intents and purposes, whomever takes this job is going to have to, in all likelihood, hire Kirk Ferentz replacement. And so that really, you know, fully turns the page into a fresh look um, and really will be interesting to see what direction Iowa goes because, you know, it's kind of been Barta and, and Kirk at the top of the, the food chain for a long time. And to have, you know, one of those gone and, you know, Kirk's not going to coach forever. So, um, you know, whenever that decision comes, it, it's probably sooner than later, you know, whenever it is. And so um, it will be interesting to see if there's kind of a, a overcorrection or, a, you know, it, it's like when you, when you fire the, the offensive struggling coach, what do you go do? You get the guy who puts up 50 points a game. Um, in reverse, you know, if your defense struggles, you go and get the, the best defensive-minded coach. So it'll be interesting to see if those two positions at the top, how different that looks um, than, than what kind of the face of everything was for so long because, um, you know, obviously football, the success of football kind of runs the show all, all across the board. And, you know, for from that standpoint, I, I think, you know, you got to give, give the Iowa setup – you know, some credit and, and a decent amount of credit for, for the stability of the last, you know, 15 years, 17 years under Gary. Yeah. Um, you know, from people I talked to, um, you know, in the last whatever it's been since I kind of got word that this was going to happen about well, 15 hours ago, maybe. Um, it came as a surprise to a lot of people, even very high level people um, within um, the coaching staffs, the um, even uh, communications people. Um, you know, I think this was, it seemed like it was out of the blue now to, to give Gary his full uh, statement. I mean, he said this was something he thought about over time. 
you know, I think there's a, some speculation and validly so out there that, you know, was he pushed out a little bit and maybe he felt pushed out uh, in, in some way, shape or form, uh, you know, notably, and I know a lot of our listeners and viewers remember this, but when I reached out to Barbara Wilson's office uh, to discuss the Gary Barta's uh, position as athletic director after the, the football discrimination settlement payout with four point, you know, $4.2 million, uh, you know, Barta's fourth, fourth discrimination suit settlement uh, of $11.2 million total since 2016. Uh, they were not interested in talking about that. And so her comments today were pretty brief. It, it you know, certainly was complimentary of Gary's tenure and, and didn't say anything negative about him, but it, her, her, her comment was notably brief is what I would say. It was, it was less than a paragraph <laughs> about the retirement of a 17 year athletic director. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's a good time. Uh, you know, Gary, uh, um, is a very personal guy, a very friendly guy, good guy, did a lot of good things, but it, it just was time overall for this to, and, and uh, overdue in some senses, uh, you know, some would say, and then there's no disputing that, but it was time for a change. I think it's good. His contract was going to run out uh, at the end of June, 2024. You know, it hadn't been renewed, anything like that, um, extended, whatever. Uh, so there would have been ongoing questions <laughs> to, to bring up an old phrase, ongoing tensions uh, that he talked about with Fran and Dolph. <laughs> just, just another kind of like a little bit of a, a bungled messaging. I mean, trying to do the right thing, but just like, you know, out, you know, mentioning ongoing tensions between Fran and Dolph, like you don't need to do that. But anyway, uh, so yeah, there's a lot, uh, you know, was he forced out? Was he not? He says he's been thinking about it for a while. Uh, 100% his decision. Uh, I I pretty much think that that Bardo was. I think he was personal. I mean, he's been through a lot, and I think he leaves at the athletics themselves. I think he feels he leaves in a good spot. Uh, no, in my opinion, I mean he's he's gotten track baseball. I mean, women's basketball has never been better. Um, wrestling, he's got the facility going at least. Uh, you know, even though they're not beating Penn State. Uh, Football, you know, is a solid place. And like you said, that's where you get judged. Men's basketball, that'll be interesting. Will a new, you know, Fran is kind of an acquired taste. Obviously, Barta hired him. But the new athletic director will not have hired uh, Gary Barta. And it, it will either be Beth Getz or somebody from the outside. You know, she's a year into this. Um, so, to me, men's basketball becomes kind of a real interesting thing as well. What is the long-term tolerance for Fran? Uh, whoever this is. And uh, yeah, like you said, football coach will be hired by this next person. Yeah, I, I like what you said about how, you know, it felt like a good time because, you know, I, I obviously have, you know, I've been here since 2016. So that's kind of my range of looking at things. And, and it just felt like as the years went by recently, the negative noise surrounding him being in charge of Iowa athletics continued to grow and grow and, and overshadow, you know, the good stuff that, that we've talked about. So, you know, it, it might be a thing, you know, depending on how this next, um, you know, who gets hired as the AD and who sh that person hires as the football coach, you know, it's possible that Gary Barter's tenure gains 
appreciation more over the course of time. Whereas right now, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, pretty, pretty unanimously celebrated. I, I remember, um, kind of a tangent here, but when Tennessee fired Phil Fulmer in 2008, everybody was excited. But then after the next decade of futility, everybody was like, huh, Phil Fulmer wasn't too bad. So could something like that happen with Gary Barter's tenure? I, you know, I could see that, but again, you know, that, that probably means that Iowa takes a dip. Um, and obviously Iowa fans don't want that, but one thing that, that I do want to point out, um, you know, is the number of times that a decision was made with Gary at the, the forefront and then the university had to like issue an amendment to whatever that that decision was. So two that come to mind are uh, cutting women's, you know, when he cut the sports during COVID, uh, during the COVID. And then, you know, six months later had to reinstate women's swimming because the, no the negative noise was so loud um, with that decision. And then the other one recently was um, the decision to uh, with the racial discrimination lawsuit to have taxpayer funds pay that. You know, they initially released that and, and kind of stood by that. And then the negative noise was so loud that they had to come back and say, yeah, OK, we'll just take the money. So there were definitely I, I think that was definitely not a you know, if you think of noteworthy Gary Barter qualities, uh, PR department probably isn't at the top of the list. Um, and, and there certainly are plenty more examples over the course of time. But yeah, you know, it's, 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 you know, just kind of talking through it like this. It, it's a very fascinating mix of high profile positivity and high profile negativity. And, um, you know, I, I think time will really dictate what exactly is kind of the final, you know, perception of the whole time. Well, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people are already talking about potential replacements. Uh, we, we did gather some three word headlines, uh, started to sift through those have yet to see a positive one. <laughs> so, uh, we'll see, maybe we can find one in, in the next 10 minutes or so. But, um, you know, Beth gets definitely for me goes to the very top of the list. Um, she's been here one year, but, uh, a lot of things stand out about her uh, former ball state athletic director for four years uh, was very accomplished there. And that's in the Mac obviously, but uh, you know, comes to Iowa to take the, the deputy athletics director and COO job uh, in September of 2022. That's very notable. You know, I, it, it, it's not super common to take a step down, so to speak, um, when you're moving as an athletic director. I mean, she was in a position of strength. Uh, Ball State had won like uh, seven, I think seven conference, seven or nine conference championships uh, in 2021, 22. Um, so she had things rolling there. Um, she has has been the interim AD at Minnesota, uh, where, uh, you know, the uh, the what's the guy's name? Norwood Teague, I believe was the, was the guy's name. Um, you know, had the uh, sexual harassment stuff going on there back in 2015. She took over. She was deputy there, steadied the ship, ultimately did not get the job. Uh, Minnesota hired uh, Mark Coyle from Syracuse. And uh, so she went to UConn and uh, you know, one, one endorsement that I found out there was 
Brad Stevens, former um, Boston Celtics coach, now high front office president, I believe, with the Celtics, uh, you know, are still playing basketball as far as I know, um, uh, you know, called her a rock star uh, when they were at Butler together. She was uh, the, you know, associate AD at Butler when Brad Stevens was there. So uh, she comes very, very highly acclaimed. Now, that said, I know you know, I've got some lists of names and I'm not comfortable publicizing really uh, any of them, but without vetting it a little bit more, but uh, um, you know, there are going to be power five and group of five sitting athletic directors interested in this job. And, you know, I would not be surprised if uh, well, I'm, I'm almost certain Tulane's uh, Troy Dannon, who was a former UNI athletic director uh, will be throw his, uh, name in the hat. I mean, Iowa is a super intriguing job for any athletic director. I mean, hot, because of the fact that you know you're going to get to hire a football coach pretty soon, you know you're going to uh, be able to shape a department that needs a little bit of improvement in terms of not being sued and things like that. And then, you know, Lisa Bluter is going, you know, she, she's not going to go too much longer, I would not think. I mean, you never know, but. Um, you know, she's been doing this a really long time as well. Would not shock me if, if she's nearing the end. And like we mentioned, Fran, you know, who knows about brands? He has un unlimited energy or whatever. But um, it's it's a super attractive job is what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, I think if, if the next Iowa AD lasts 17 years like Gary did, I, I think it's very reasonable that that AD will need to hire – a men's basketball coach, a football coach, and a women's basketball coach. So um, it, it's, it, you know, it is very important to make sure that this hire process is, you know, thorough and, and well, you know, suited in for, for everybody involved. And, you know, on the get front, I, I do think it's noteworthy to leave a Division One AD job for, you know, essentially a number two position. You know, I, I you know, those jobs are, are hard to come by. There's not many division one jobs, especially one, you know, when you just look at, at the football side of things. So um, I, I think Iowa is, would, would be smart to test the water and, and see, you know, just because this job has been, hasn't been, you know, really considered for change for, for so long, you know, it would be interesting to see how many names out there, that don't have any Iowa connections are interested. You know, um, I just saw a tweet from uh, Kyle Bowlesby on Twitter, who basically said that, that a lot of sitting power five ADs would be interested in coming to Iowa. So, you know, I, I it'll be an interesting uh, balance of, you know, Hey, we, we have a great candidate here who knows the lay of the land and, and seems, you know, right in position to, to make a seamless transition but at the same time, if you get some, you know, upper tier name that that's interested um, that maybe you didn't think would be until you, you know, threw through the line out there and, and see who was interested, then, you know, it, it could be a it could be a tough call. So um, I really think that that there will be a lot of fascinating elements to to this hire um, because it could either be really short and they just stay internally and go that route. And I think that would be, you know, that could very well be the best route to go. And, and there's a lot of evidence to suggest that would be the case. Um, or it could be something that, you know, takes takes a little longer and, and Iowa really, you know, does a, a national search the way that you, you see it phrased when, when 
you know, football coaches move on. So uh, really interested to see what the what the search process looks like uh, moving forward. We know it's a holiday weekend, so we're going to, um, you know, make this not, uh, you know, we don't need a two-hour podcast here. So let's move to three-word headlines, Dargan. And as it often happens, three-word headlines uh, direct us into other areas of conversation. So we we love them for for various reasons. Uh, <laughs> uh, our my friend uh, on the from the athletics, Scott Doctorman, weighs in with the first one: win, graduate, do it right. Uh, yeah. Uh, smashing those last bit together, obviously. But that was the three-pronged mantra of Gary Barta. Um, you, you, you do have to, I feel like, you have to give uh, him a nod in the academics department. He, he always made that um, a high priority within uh, his coaching staff, within the department, and uh, eight straight years where the entire athletics department had at least a 3.0 GPA. Now, uh, the black graduation rate that came up in 2018, uh, 42%, um, lowest in the Big Ten, that it was not a, an example of win, graduate, do it right. So, um, you know, I know Scott was just being a little bit funny there, but there, there's a lot to unpack even with that statement. <laughs> you know, and did he do it right? Those kinds of things, right? Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of positive ones here. Dargan, uh, Patrick says, thank the Lord. Um, uh, Hawkeye Wrath says, "Win, graduate, settle." Uh, we got a little. Is that Backstreet Boys or NSYNC? I can't remember. That does the bye 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 thing. I don't know who it is. It's one of those two, right? Yeah. But, uh, there's a gif of that. So from Phil Parker, Parker, America's national treasure. Any anything that jump out to you, uh, Dargan? Yeah. So obviously, as we said, I think 99.9 percent of them are negative. So if you're coming with a negative comment, I'm, I'm going to need some creativity. Um, you know, the whole it's about time or take Brian with you or all that. You know, we're, we're going to skip over those. But one that, that I did like from Elizabeth Wildenberg uh, said Rob Sand won. Um, obviously, that was a, a big that was the big headliner coming out of that was was Rob Sand saying that he was not going to vote for taxpayers to cover the settlement unless Gary Barter was was fired. So um, kind of interesting there. Um, uh, one said uh, from 3L4 Iowa, nepotism supervisor wanted. I uh, that that one kind of uh, explains itself. And then um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but that struck me as, as uh, well done. I mean, I, I'm not saying I agree with it, but it's just a funny one. Good job. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I gotta give the. If you're gonna come negative, then you, you gotta you gotta put some creativity to it. Um, let me see. There was another good one. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Come on. Oh, <laughs> I gotta. I gotta. This is from. Uh, well, the Twitter header is Firebrand Ferentz, and at LF underscore ATX says, Kirk's lapdog died. So another uh, another Kirk Ferentz reference, which um, certainly, uh, certainly will be interesting to see how uh, that relationship comes together. And then another one that, that I think is, uh, will also be interesting is prioritize NIL, please. Obviously, there, there's been a lot of uh, turbulence, it seems, between Gary Barta um, and the Swarm. And so it'll be interesting to see if that uh, 
that coming together of a new concept, uh, you know, is one of the things that gets kind of a refresh uh, moving forward. Uh, I wanted to read one from, from my text group that I thought that was kind of funny. Um, and I don't even know if it was meant to be a three word headline, but it was just a text. I got it said, uh, Barta to USC. <laughs> uh, you know, the USC, uh, problematic athletic directors that, uh, you know, and they're coming to the big 10 folks. Uh, that's another little, little thing. Um, you know, that, uh, yeah, this new AD gets to, uh, you know, enter this new territory of this new TV deal with tons a lot more money, you know, tens and millions of dollars uh, coming into the budget. So uh, he or she will, you know, comes in with a, a major opportunity. And again, to get back to kind of the the idea of what kind of job this is, I mean, it is a it is a pretty uh, I don't want to say a loyal fan. Well, it's a definitely a loyal fan base, but uh, somewhat forgiving fan. I mean, certainly uh, you can keep a job a long time at the University of Iowa if if uh, you are even moderately successful. So um, Matt Purdy, I wanted to give him um, a little airtime here. He was a former Hawkeye uh, lineman who really was outspoken when the, the swimming stuff happened. Uh, he throws out the headline, worst AD ever uh, was his three-word headline. And then uh, Hawkeyes off the hook. I think a lot of people feel like it's, you know, there there's no more lawsuits coming, maybe, uh, you know, just kind of like, a little bit of a fresh start, kind of where we began the conversation, Dargan. So um, with that, uh, what what other uh, avenues would you like to explore? I just, as I was talking, uh, I just realized, Dargan, even just in the last six months, you had the rift with the Iowa Swarm Collective between BARDA and <laughs> where, and, it, and I believe that's still kind of happening. There was the rumored rift, growing rift between Barta and Kirk Ferentz. Uh, and obviously, I'm sure it wasn't helped with the contract terms of Brian Ferentz. And then it's probably 0.001% his fault. But Iowa is now in a sports gambling you know, investigation. <laughs> you know, and it's just, uh, as I kind of wrote in my column, it's just sort of like it it just became like, what's going to happen next? You know, you don't know what's around the corner. And so I think that's where a lot of the, the celebration tweets are kind of coming from um, that. It, it is a, uh, a fresh start was just at what was needed, but I do feel like, and I, I've gotten, I appreciate all the compliments I've gotten in my comp because I tried to make it really balanced and fair uh, to Gary and also critical. Um, you know, Accomplished a lot, huge budget increases, um, fundraising, uh, endowment increases by, by about two and a half times or one and a half times, I should say. Um, so anyway, a lot of mixed bags there. Any other uh, topics you want to touch on before we sign off? Cause I know uh, we both got stuff, more stuff to do. Uh, I'll sign off with this. Um, so since Kennington Smith left the Iowa beat, there's been a sports betting story break. And the AD has retired, which very well could finish as the two biggest Iowa athletic stories of the calendar year. So I, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. So, hey, and I saw Alabama had a just a brutal baseball loss in the SEC tournament to Florida. So, yeah, so on, Ken, so, on Kennington's watch. Yeah, so send your, uh, well, I don't know. Some people might be, be happy that, that, well, 
most people are happy today. So anyway, but from a from a reporter standpoint, I blame Kennington for all of this. Yeah, and shout out to you. Um, you're you're pulling double duty out there in Omaha. Um, well, yeah, while we have a minute, Darwin, let's just talk a, a brief bit about Iowa baseball. Uh, lay us out the the situation for the weekend. Hawkeyes play at nine a.m. Saturday. I know that against either Indiana or Michigan. Uh, just give us a, a nutshell recap of, of what's going on there and what fans should watch. Yeah, so Indiana, Michigan, there you are warming up uh, out here in front of me. They're going to start at 2 p.m. Uh, the winner of that will need to beat Iowa twice tomorrow um, in order to advance to the championship game. So I will play uh, the first game at 9 a.m. If they win, then they're done or done for the day and, and advance to the title game. If they lose, then they'll come back and play at, I believe, 5 p.m. Saturday night or Saturday evening. So um, expect Ty Langenberg to get the start Saturday morning. I was probably, you know, just going to try to close it out there and, and get to Sunday. Um, looking like Maryland is is in the driver's seat on the other side of the bracket. So um, they won the league and another series that Iowa probably felt like it could have won and should have won um, in Iowa City. So. Uh, really intriguing bracket, really intriguing, uh, you know, now that, now that there's no question about whether I was going to get in a regional, it's, it's kind of just fascinating to, to settle in and, and watch, watch it for the baseball rather than, you know, the, the movement elsewhere. So I know Rick Heller is, is happy to be in that situation. Um, and obviously to, to kind of tie everything together, he will be very interested in, in who the new AD is uh, just because, you know, the, the baseball scene, college baseball in general is, is so – it differs school to school very much so in terms of how big of a priority people make it. And a lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, where the AD stands on on that. So um, I know he'll be happy or will be interested to see how that goes and um, is going to be happy to have the day off and uh, kind of set everything up and uh, hope, it, hope to take care of business in the morning. Thank you, Dargan, for everything of, you know, boy, we've been through a lot together, you know, with the women's basketball stuff. Now this, the gambling in the last few months. So really appreciate you. And uh, I know our viewers, our listeners do too. Uh, best case scenario, Iowa wins tomorrow, uh, 9 a.m. Doesn't have to play again until, you know, Sunday where they get a high RPI opponent in Maryland, potentially. Um, otherwise, maybe Nebraska, which would be like packed stadium. So either way, pretty exciting uh, if Iowa can make it. Um, I don't know. Are you done or are you any final words? I'm good. That's All right. Thank, yeah. Thanks, Hawkeye fans. Uh, Chad likes to go dark and southern. Uh, enjoy your holiday weekend. Uh, talk to you soon.